This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Patton-Stewart-888-727-BECK is the phone number should you choose to uh, get in touch with us during the course of the day. You know, you want to talk about the big football weekend where the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, of course, came through and uh, mm-hmm. performed uh, extremely well yeah. and almost got to uh, 11 well, points, but not quite. Yep. And it, it didn't um, seem to be enough to overcome Dallas's 20 points. Uh, yeah. Which, by so, the way, let's not uh, make Dallas to make out like they looked good. No, they really they did didn't. not either. Nobody looked and now they have that. no quarterback or receiver, but still they'll still beat the Eagles because the Eagles are horrible. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm used to this. It's uh, you know, back in 1960, Pat, mm-hmm. uh, when I was just a young boy, uh, very young, in fact, negative many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, that's when the Eagles were last good. <laughs> so 1960. It's, uh, 19, it's, uh, yeah. it's not. It's past 1960 now, right? We're beyond. I will, yes, it is. Okay. It's it's a little bit past uh, 1960. I will tell you <laughs> that that was kind of my deal. Growing up with the Green Bay Packers, because yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, by the time I was—I mean, I do remember watching the first, first and second Super Bowls with my dad, and, and I, but I was like seven and eight, uh, and then went through all through the uh, yeah I'm old, and went all through the seventies with one horrible Packer team after another, thinking, how how did this happen? How did? And then all through the eighties, thinking, how did this happen? And then finally, 1996 rolls around with, uh, with Brett Favre. And, you know, they finally come back and win a Super Bowl. And then they should have won the one the next year. Uh, but didn't quite get that job done. And then they've won a few since. But they were bad for almost 30 years mm-hmm. after winning those first two Super Bowls. It was, it's Is sad. that the same as so 55 years? No, the, it's that's not the, the same. same. <laughs> it's not the it's same. Not the same, but okay. it's similar. It's similar, it's but, similar but about half the length. Yeah, but okay. I could kind okay. of in some way relate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were some lean years. 
Mm. <laughs> I will say that, uh, although you were actually pretty much torturing me, I don't know why I'm being nice to you, mm -hmm. I did feel for you uh, this weekend as your Thank team. You. And its hopes for any real recognition this year were <laughs> destroyed in a last-moment failure. Yeah. Your comments. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Believe me, it caused me a lot of lack of sleep. Uh, I, I just, really? Why, what uh, happened? BYU, by the way, we're talking about. Yeah. We did not oh! BYU lost. Uh, lost to UCLA 24-23. You... That was a tough game. And they were winning. Uh, so tough. Winning the whole game. They led the yeah. whole way until the last four minutes, which were kind of important. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. They, count they still play. Yeah, they count. Yeah, they still count. <laughs> Sadly, they count. And I could just feel it because they, they squandered chance after chance to put that game away. Uh, but they lost 24-23. I mean, it was a good showing, though. They it's, still had a shot, but you could shot. just feel that you UCLA just kind of feel. was going to squeeze that thing it, out. Yeah, it's scary. Just feel it because BYU, just, you're right. We were they driving squandered down the a couple of chances, and it was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, they will not be undefeated this year. They will not go to the playoffs this year. I do hold out hope that maybe they get a New Year's Bowl game still. If they go 11-1, and one, I think that's possible. If they were to only lose one game this year, that might be possible. But after at least two losses, <laughs> yeah, Don't even start with me possible. on Missouri, who barely <laughs> held off mighty UConn. Just saying. 3-0, They three beat UConn. No losses. <laughs> Did they play, is it a baseball? Did they match yeah. up on the baseball diamond? Was that the yeah. situation? They could not score to save their life. Oh, and it's been the that way for them. Who did they bad. play last week? It was offense is ba bad what last you, week. Who did they play last week? They played the Red Wolves. Oh, that's right. Week. The Red Wolves of Arkansas State who nearly beat them. who they play last week. <laughs> and the week before that, it was... I don't recall. Yeah. See, like, the, the, the Red Wolves uh, beating Missouri would be like Bernie Sanders leading in New Hampshire. Yeah, we really would. It's something that is yeah. unthinkable <laughs> in any other time. Seems to be happening. Yet here we are. For some reason. <laughs> it is unbelievable. You got this 70, he's going to be 75 if nominated. So at the time of, well, at the time he would take office, he'd be 75 years old. You've got a 75 year old socialist potentially being president of the United States. That seems like a bad thing to me. Is anybody else with me on that? Or. <laughs> No, you're okay with it? I, mean, I don't you see. You seem to be considering it. I, I don't seem to have. Yeah, am I supposed to feel well, bad I mean, about it? I don't want to tell you how to feel. Okay, good. Uh, uh, so, see, I think a 75-year-old socialist would make a great president. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, probably better. Probably than, cares about people a lot. <laughs> yeah. a, a lot more than anybody else. Well, what's our socialist age now? I mean, it's a little, he's in the four, is 50s or 40s? I don't even know. I'd rather have not a socialist of any age. Oh, uh, is that an option? It, I didn't know it was an not option. anymore. Because we have we have a really anymore. interesting sixty nine year old uh, socialist running, yes, uh, along who just doesn't uh, d doesn't admit that right. she's a socialist. Right. So it seems like a socialist is going to happen. Even the Republican nominee has a lot of socialist positions. So I don't I don't know mm. exactly. I just <laughs> I kind of assume we all came to the conclusion we needed a socialist. It's weird. Uh, there was one uh, interesting publication that wrote we're all socialists now yeah what was that publication it was newsweek maybe i think it was yeah. uh, so basically they were right uh, the yeah. whole time they were right uh, yeah and this was a they wrote that article at a time when we were saying hey you know what has anybody noticed these socialist tendencies of i don't know one barack obama and then everybody's calling that racist or extremist mm -hmm. or whatever at the same time they're writing we're all socialists now mm -hmm. uh kind of admitting that yes in fact uh, those kind of policies are are really taking hold in america Mm. Hmm. And now we've hmm. got socialists running, uh, and one who who is an admitted uh, socialist. Anyway, Clinton's lead over Sanders does grow on a national basis. 
Uh, 42% of primary voters nationally uh, back Clinton compared to 24 for Bernie. And we should point out that Bernie Sanders has never really challenged her in a national poll. Not in a national It's been poll. all New Hampshire and Iowa. Right. And so Which are just the first two primary states. Right. So there's a competing group, like a competing analysis here. One says, look, the national polls show she's still in a comfortable lead. She should be fine whether or not Bernie Sanders does what he does in uh, those first two states, because those first two states are different than most of the other states you're going to see. They're, they're very uh, white and very liberal, where other states like South Carolina tend to uh, go more towards a higher minority population um, and then also uh, maybe not quite as liberal as, uh, as a New Hampshire or an Iowa as far as Democrats go. Um, so the thought is that that will hit, you know, yeah, he might do well in those states, but he'll go away. The other thought is, this is kind of the way I, I sort of subscribe to, is if he wins those two states, anything can happen. You win those two states, especially in this news cycle, where one debate mm -hmm. moves someone from 3% to 15%, mm -hmm. and people are constantly, one news item changes things this fast. People yeah. don't have their mind made up yet. When you have somebody who comes out and wins the first two states, it's going to change the dynamic. And again, we still have, we never were able to find any candidate who won both New Hampshire and Iowa and went on to lose the nomination. We have found candidates that didn't win either of those states and went on to win. But that was only against people who split those contests. I, I don't, I've never seen anyone who's won those first two states and lost the nomination. You win those first two states, the media is on your side, you start to get the momentum, other voters see what's happened in the first two states, everyone's talking about it for week after week after week, and then you start rolling the momentum into wins in other states. That's usually the way it happens. Right. Um, and will it happen with Bernie Sanders? I think there's a chance. Honestly, the answer to that is no, but it's certainly possible. Is there any better example of uh, how important those first two to three states are than what Rudy Giuliani tried mm -hmm. in, in 08 when he sat in Florida, dumped all of his money and all of his focus on Florida, waiting because he wasn't going to bother with the teeny states. He thought, okay, Iowa... New Hampshire, South Carolina. And he was doing well, by the way. And he in, was in leading Florida, the pack. In Florida. And, and, and nationally. And nationally. And by, but by the time Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina happened, everybody had forgotten about Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, and and he, he finished, I think, fourth or yeah. fifth in uh, Florida. And his theory was, well, look, Rudy Giuliani, it's probably not the more evangelical crowd of Iowa. Right. Uh, Romney was from next door in New Hampshire, so it mm -hmm. wasn't a great fit. It's plus a small state. South Carolina. It was all justified. It, was okay. all, ju it, all, it all made, made sense. sense on a meeting room whiteboard, yeah. Yeah. as you described that policy. It didn't make policy. sense in practice. And the only problem. New Florida, all, lots of New York transplants. <laughs> yep. it's, a, it's more of a purple state. He and sold if it he great, too. And if he won that state, he would have been in the lead by all the delegates. I mean, yeah. he believed it. We, I remember talking to him on the air, uh, being in Florida, and I mean, he believed it. He bought it. Sure and did. You, and it made you think, well, okay. And everybody was shocked that by yeah. the time it came to Florida, Rudy and, and, Giuliani was nowhere to be bye seen. Bye. It's, easy, bye bye. it's easy in retrospect to, to call it dumb. I don't actually think it, it was dumb. No. I mean, it was something that actually had some logical basis of right. happening. But I think... It's also dumb not to realize in retrospect that it doesn't work. Well, it's dumb not to learn from his mistake. Right. And so will right. Hillary, because essentially what they're, now Hillary is fighting in those states. <laughs> but yeah, if she were she to is. lose those first two states, she might not be able to recover from that. Yeah. It might well, actually be over. I will tell you the good thing for Hillary. The thing, the, the, I think the biggest thing she has going for her 
in the, in winning the nomination yeah. is that she's the outsider. Oh, the she's, quintessential. She's the quintessential <laughs> outsider. Yeah, that's the thing. She's with not her. a Washington insider. She's not a Politico. You know no. what I mean? No, God, she's it. an outsider, man. And has she ever has she ever been involved in anything political before this? Not race? even that I can think of, really. Um, there, uh, well, okay, she was first lady, and then she was a U.S. senator. Uh, and, and then she was a Secretary of State. And, of course, before all uh, of that, she was First Lady of a, of a state right, in, the, in the governor's right, office. Right, but um, mostly that's outside of Washington. And like, she ran a, a lot of that happened in Arkansas. And then it happened in, uh, well, Washington, D.C., but only for eight years. And then it happened in uh, New York in New York and Washington. And then, of course, obviously, and then it happened in Washington, Washington and overseas, and overseas, and then back in in Washington but. to run a gigantic charity that solicits <laughs> money from politicians. But mostly, um, she's an outsider, and here she is talking about it. Uh. In the politics this year, it looks like everybody wants an outsider. That's, <laughs> now that puts you in a fix. Uh, well, I don't think you know. Doesn't put you in a fix. Tell I, us why it doesn't put you in a fix. I cannot imagine anyone being more of an outsider than the first woman president. I mean, really. Oh, let's oh, think about that. Now I agree, I, but I, I mean, you know, all these mothers and fathers bring me the placemats with all the presidents, and they bring mm -hmm. their daughters, and they say, "My daughter has a question for you." And the daughter says, "How come there are no girls on this placemat?" No, so I, 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 think I agree that, that that is I think a difference. That's a pretty big. Uh, Yes. Unconventional choice. Really? But you know how often do well, I know you're asking, do we want people who've never presence. been elected to anything, who have no political experience, who've <laughs> oh, never made geez. any hard choices in the public arena? Well, voters are going to have to decide that. that she tries to turn that around to at the end. Pathetic. She sucks. That's pathetic. <laughs> I, you know, I'm brought presidential placemats all the time, mm -hmm. and and a lot of times, you know, the people will ask either presidential placemats or or talk show placemats. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and then you know you see all these talk show hosts on the placemat, yeah. and they're and, all they're almost all men, and they're almost all men. And somebody will say, "How come there's no women?" And I'll say, "Well, there, there's Laura Ingram right there. She's a woman. She's a woman. And there's um, you know that other else one. over there. Thinking <laughs> uh, of uh, what's her face, uh, 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 Laura, Randy uh, uh, Doctor Laura. Randy there's Doctor Laura over there. Randy, Randy Rhodes, Rhodes over there. There's quite a few. Not the one I was thinking of either, and I can't think of what's her name. She, she used to be a liberal. She used to run like now. Oh, uh, Tammy Bruce. Tammy Bruce. Then there's that one. I don't know. She hangs around this building once in a while too. What's her uh, name? Dana. Dana. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. kind of yeah. obvious on this particular uh, network, but yeah, she would yeah. be on there too. I mean, it, what a stupid thing. Oh, they bring me placemats, presidential placemats all the time. Shut Do up. they? Do, Do they? they? <laughs> I'd like to see one time where that's happened. <laughs> that seems once. like a. A lot of times I get asked, what's your favorite this? What's yeah. your favorite that? What's your favorite <laughs> that? Exactly what And one is. time, what's your favorite, favorite word? word? And I said, oh, that's easy. That's easy. It's the word. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's an interesting one. I, I will say that. You know, that's not a terrible answer to that question from her perspective. She's obviously not an outsider. Yeah. Um, so but what if she, you're going to try to right, pander to people who, who, yeah. Look, I mean, it might, you know, maybe she could give a little ground and say, look, yes, I've worked in the, you know, I've obviously lived in the White House. I've done a lot of things. In, in that would make realm, it a more genuine but am, answer. But I am the most, you know, the, I would be the first female president ever. Right. So it's not like it's a lock for me to walk in there. Not to mention, mm. I don't know if you guys noticed this, in 2008, I ran and lost. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is not some like foregone conclusion. You know, she's just not honest enough to say no, those sorts of not. things. And at the end, or she sincere enough. And at the end, she tries to say what her real answer is, which is, 
you should never put an outsider in because those people have never had to make hard choices or whatever because no one in business makes hard choices or something. You know a guy who is separated can join twins has never made a hard choice. <laughs> no, never made a hard right? choice. That's, yeah. Brain surgery is easy. Or a CEO, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, two CEOs of companies never had to make a hard choice in their entire so lives. Stupid. Everything's been handed to them. Um, uh, so the question, uh, again, came to her of uh, describe herself in three words. And this, she does something here that she did at least in this last clip. Which is, cackle. she just cackles when someone asks her a tough question. Mm -hmm. So, hey, uh, you're not really an outsider. People want an outsider. <laughs> it's not funny. There's nothing funny about that question. Really people, not. People really no, want an outsider. Really and are you an outsider? <laughs> it's not, not hilarious. That's what she does when yeah. she's nervous and yeah. she yep. doesn't have an answer. She cackles. And, yeah. and it's actually horrible because her cackling is really yeah, bad. Yeah, it's really a terrible trait. Uh, he, here's uh, some more of that uh, in her stupid interview. Diane Blair wrote in her diary, quote, on her deathbed, Clinton wants to be able to say she was true to herself and is not going to do phony makeovers to please others. So knowing you don't want to engage in, in phony maker, makeovers, give us three words that is the real Hillary Clinton. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. What, Just that's three. Not I can't funny. possibly do that. I mean, look, I am a real person with all the pluses and minuses that go along She's with bad. being that. And really bad. I've been in the public eye for so long that wow. I think... You know, it's mm. like the feature that you see in some magazines Wait, I sometimes. You were an Real people actually <laughs> I go shopping, you know? All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really interrupting you. Thank you, Secretary uh, thanks, Clinton. Oh, like, she's terrible. Her, she is terrible. Her way to handle, like, she wants to be a normal person. She wants to be the person that people think are, go, is go, are going shopping and are off time and stuff. And the, her oh way of handling God. that is just laughing uncontrollably mm. at things that aren't funny. There was nothing funny. Describe yourself in three words. Um... I lie lots. Yeah, that would be a <laughs> that would better a, legitimate a, answer. A legitimate answer. Not one I would expect, but it's not a funny question. Like, there's nothing hilarious about asking someone, can you define yourself in three words? That's a hard question. Granted. It, it is. It I mean, is. I, don't I, don't know. Know. I don't know what I would say. But I think that's words. what you said. Oh, you know what? I don't you know. are fat. That's how you could answer. I, I am, am hungry. Fat. Next. I am yeah. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think to say, Oh, I don't know. Three. I mean, I haven't put any thought into that. I could try to work something up for you. I mean, but I mean, just try to be a real person. Like that's mm -hmm. a legitimate way to answer that question. Yeah. To just yeah. laugh uncontrollably, <laughs> as if Chris Rock I'm just dropped some amazing line. Yeah. It's, it's really no. a bizarre way to handle it. She's just so Bad. unnatural. You know, she just doesn't have mm -hmm. any ability to do the job she's trying to do. I'm surprised they haven't mm -hmm. run her through a Target or a. Or a Walmart shopping, just like the average person. Yeah, oh, they the did with uh, yeah. with uh, Michelle Obama. Right, she accused the lady of being a racist who was her own supporter. <laughs> Crazy, what a disaster <laughs> so this country crazy. is. Oh, my God. Oh, oh boy. Oh, and by the way, uh, Biden uh, looks like uh, his wife will support him. If he runs. So I get, yeah, if he runs, oh, he will, she, she won't vote for Hillary. And I that's, guess, a, that's that a deal, news? apparently, because she's supposedly been an impediment to him running. Yeah. And supposedly that impediment Whatever. is gone. So everybody's thinking, okay, now he's going to run. And I we, don't had know. The, we had the kind of report oh, of no a way. sort of report of an overhear of a train conversation that right. said yeah. uh, that the guy who leads the draft Biden campaign that was Bo Biden's finance director was overheard <laughs> uh, in, on a train mm -hmm. saying that Biden is 100% in. Uh, whether that winds up being true or not, it's, but it's not just like me saying it. It's like an actual news source reporting that conversation. So mm -hmm. maybe it was intentionally leaked. Maybe uh, something like that happened, but whatever. It does look, I, I mean, at this point, it does kind of feel like he's going to get in. And if he does, uh, he takes points from Hillary. So if you mm -hmm. don't want the normal Washington establishment and you're on the left, 
you've got your choice of Joe Biden, who's 164 years old and has been in politics since he was two. Literally in his 70s. Yeah. 73. Um, same thing with Hillary, really. I mean, the situation's yeah. basically the same. Or you have Bernie Sanders, who, by the way, has also been in politics forever. He just hasn't been as successful in it. Right. Now, he was a mayor of Burlington. He was, you know, he's been around. But he's a legitimate socialist. He's a guy who comes out and actually expresses the values that you believe that normally your, your candidates hide. You've got to think in a three-way race where Hillary's pulling 24, Biden's pulling 22, can Bernie Sanders get to 27, 28, 29 in that race? It's possible. It's, it's possible, especially in those early states. Yeah. Well, Be interesting. And he, then Al Gore comes in. He was, yeah, he was at 27 uh, this previous CNN national poll. Yeah. It was Hillary 37, Sanders 27, and Biden 20. So can he get to 27? I think, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. that's certainly not out of the realm of possibility, which mm. would be a disaster. Speaking of disasters, you want to get prepared for them, whether they're, uh, you know, super big disasters or just momentary disasters for a, for a few days. That's why a 72-hour emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply is really the way to go, and especially at $10. You just can't beat that deal anywhere. Yeah. I, I've never even heard of it before. I, I, I can't believe well, this deal, and we've talked about that a lot. You've heard, you've heard of it on previous commercials. Well, on yes, except for here. That. Right. Uh, right. Uh, and they come in nice, easy. We always show these bags because it just shows... It's not like something where you're going to have to, like, you know, barrels of wheat are going to show no, up at I, your door. And I They're can't just express nice, easy. to you how cumbersome, hard to store, hard to yeah. move, hard to carry around, hard to know what to do with if anything does happen. What am I going to do with this wheat? Yeah. Big buckets of wheat like we used to do. Right. It just sucks. Instead you get, like, a nice thing, Liberty Bell potato <laughs> cheddar soup. Right. So now that I know what to do with. And you actually I open it, it up and put water in it. And yeah. It's delicious. Yes. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> to 72-hour kit gets you through three days in case there's a crisis. It's a great first step into, into well, getting. Well, what should I call then? Where, what do I do? What do I do here? If I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I think maybe help you me do. With that. You can try calling. Yeah, what, calling. Yeah, calling. Maybe? What? Yeah. Like what number would I do? I just put in a bunch of digits. No, you got to. It it's rings? a specific number. Okay, it is a specific what, what is number. Eight hundred four seven eight eight zero six one. That is very specific. Eight. I saw eight zero zero, and then you said it was what four, four seven eight. eight. Eight zero zero six one six one. And the number's okay. on the screen. You just look at it right there. Oh, oh, there and it is. It's okay. my it's my All Patriot right. supply. Ten bucks for a three day supply. <laughs> By the way, shipping. I thought included. we were pretending that there was nothing on the screen. There's a screen behind us, Pat. That's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. They can see the screen with the All number right. on it behind you. They can't see that screen, though. I didn't say that screen. You okay. said that screen. All right. Because you weren't <laughs> thinking about what we're doing on television. <laughs> Call now. It's my Patriot Supply. Not just food. It's freedom. And real peace of mind. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. And then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washer and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.
727 back to Pat and Stu, as it says on the screen there. Uh, Donald Trump, still the front runner, supposedly, mm -hmm. uh, but his gigantic lead is still pretty big, but it's been cut a little bit since the debate. And, and this is a debate, by the way, he continues to claim he won. All the polls show, uh, all the special polls show I was really tremendous, or tremendous polls. Tremendous polls showing that I was tremendously incredible and uh, phenomenal uh, during the debate and that I won them all. He doesn't well, point out that there are just online polls. Yeah, uh, the, the Drudge Report poll showed him winning. And virtually everything else I've seen shows Carly Fiorina the winner, and so does this particular CNN poll. I think it's the first major poll post-debate, post-debate two. Um, Trump has slipped to 24%. Furina has gone from 3 to 15%. So she gained 12 points since the debate. Now, a lot of people got a, uh, the first really good, solid look at Carly. And she's so competent that it's hard not to like her. She's so, there's a confidence about her and a competence about her. And, and our, she's very articulate. She's well-spoken. She's, she's, I guess, articulate and well-spoken are virtually the same thing. Not but by someone who's articulate. Someone who's articulate point. doesn't point that out. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, she, she had such a good showing that she shot up the polls. She's number two at 24 to 15. And then uh, Carson had 14%, so he slipped a little bit, too, because I think he was at 19. So he had, was it, uh, it was Trump at 32, Carson 19. Now he's at 14. And then... And then you see the likes of Jeb Bush. I, I don't even know how this guy has 1% support, uh, but he does. Uh, and then I, I can't remember who finished after Jeb, but uh, Ted, Ted Cruz was like fourth or fifth or sixth in that poll. Yeah, he was at 6%, I believe. Yeah, I think he was at six. Um, so it continues not to be great for Ted Cruz. And I, I don't know if, he, if his camp still thinks he's positioned nicely here. To uh, to make his rise later on when it's more important, I, I hope I hope they got a good strate strategy here. But um, in the debates, I continue to believe that he sounds a little too stilted and politiciany to really make a huge impact. I think people like what he says. Yeah. How he's saying it may be hurting him a little bit. You think that's accurate? I do, and I also talked to uh, uh, neighbors this weekend that. Uh, were saying uh, that they couldn't believe that he was friends with Trump. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's bothersome. Really, it's bothersome. It bothers me. It sounds like it. I mean, does it bother anyone outside of us? Well, apparently, yeah, my neighbors were like, apparently, no, his neighbors are, are bothered by it. So, oh, we're going to trust people that would choose to live next to Jeffy. Well, well I don't know. They the chose it. To be honest, they're not right next to me. But, and right, but wouldn't you move out of the neighborhood immediately if you had any standards? Well, yes, I would. They were looking so. at new houses when I was there to move out of the neighborhood. <laughs> really? I mean, what more do you want from these people? That's true. They seem like good people. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it affects nobody, but it's, it's, I think it's surprising to some. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at it from a, you know, I think he's made this calculation that Trump is going to fail at some point, which, it, I mean, is, are there hints of that already in the polling? Yes. Yeah. And if that happens, where do they go? The one person who, they, who has been nice to them has been Ted Cruz. You know, Bobby mm -hmm. Jindal has made a lot of great points, but he's been really tough on Donald Trump. Rick Perry was really tough on Donald Trump. Um, you know, some of the, uh, you know, sort of uh, establishment people have been tough on Trump. But Cruz has just been kind of like sitting back and saying, I like Donald Trump. He's a good guy. Like, I think his answer was pretty good on the whole Muslim um, pre uh, president question. 
which was there's no there's no constitutional test for uh, for religion in the Constitution. I'm a constitutionalist. That's all you have to say. Mm-hmm. You don't need to. I mean, like you know, mm-hmm. or you have to create some mythical person that you could vote for. Yeah, or where, you just say it's got nothing to do with it. Anyway, where'd that come from? Why are we talking about? I will say this: have you there list- are no Muslims running for president. What right. do I care? Do we have the Carson uh, thing in here, what, Andrew? What is that? By any chance, the actual uh, video of Carson being asked. We don't, um, because I actually heard it this morning, and I will say the reason we're talking about it is because Carson volunteered it. He actually wasn't asked. Oh, you're kidding. Would you vote for a Muslim president? (laughs) They asked him something that was loosely related to it, but he actually volunteered it. Can we get the transcript of that, Natasha, real quick, Um, of uh, of, um, Carson Carson being asked about this? Because... The way I heard it, and I just heard it, and I, it's possible maybe the television station edited it or something, but it seemed like they asked him a question sort of loosely related to it as far as um, maybe it was the Trump questioner. And he came out and said, no, because you know what? Sharia should be. And I, in fact, I would never support someone who is pre- Muslim to be president. Now, he kind of later on said, I guess if you could find someone who is perfect and to publicly denounce Sharia law, then maybe I would support them. But then again, Takia says that they can lie. So, I mean, he really went into it. There was a, it was pretty lengthy. Um, so I, maybe we'll get that here for you in a second. Because it was interesting. I think the reason we're talking about it is because Carson basically volunteered it. Which uh, Takia, the big furniture store, says they can lie? Yeah. Uh, the Swedish Why? furniture really? store. Yeah, that's, it's that is really kind of weird. Well, it's because their instructions are so annoying. Okay. They're allowed to say things hmm. like that. Uh, can I give you some other background of this poll? There's some other interesting. Josh you Jordan, can. who's been you on can. the show before, it's our show, so uh, go ahead. broke this down, I thought, in an interesting way. Here's some other stats from the poll. All right. Um, CNN, change in net favorables of candidates among GOP from the last poll. Net favorables. Net favorables. Carson plus 32. So from the last poll, he's, his net favorables up 32 points. Rubio up 11. Jeb up 4. Carly up 3. Trump mm. minus 8. Rand Paul minus 11. Scott Walker minus 15. Now, I know Ted Cruz is not listed there, but he yeah, wasn't listed not. in the breakdown. I, I don't know what it was. Um, Mm. Number of Republicans uh, who are extremely wow. enthusiastic for next, next year's election hits 35%, highest since 2012, for what that's worth. Um, Trump's lead in the GOP primary falls to 9% uh, as Carly uh, jumps into second. Rubio jumps from 3% to 11 Kind of talked about that. Um, this is interesting. GOP primary preference, this is uh, the change. Trump minus 8, Fiorina plus 12, Carson minus 5, mm. um, Rubio plus 8, Bush unchanged at 9%. Um, Carson, this is, I think, maybe even more of a big deal. Um, combining your first and second choices. This is, to me, an interesting way to look at the election now, because if you look at it with just your first choice, your first choice might not be there um, as the field gets smaller and smaller. There are people who had first choice of Rick Perry. Well, he's now gone. Where do those people go? And as we, obviously people with higher poll results will start to go as we go forward. So combine the first and second choice. Ben Carson actually leads the, the field at 33%. That's down two points, though he was at 35 last time. Trump is second with 32. That's down 18 points. Wow. So while he's lost some of the first choice, he's lost almost all the second choice now. Um, at least what he had last time. Fiorina is uh, plus 15 on that. She's in third place with 26. Rubio at 24. He's plus 14. And then Jeb Bush at 20. He's plus one. So that ranking again was Carson mm-hmm. 33, Trump 32, Fiorina 26, Rubio 24, Jeb 20. And again, 
no Cruz in that? No, not on this particular mm. one. Um, uh, Cruz, Trump's uh, favorability among all Americans now 31 to 59. That's his lowest number since he announced he was running. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a lot in there, and I think you got to look a little bit deeper. It's, a, it's actually a pretty bad poll for Trump. Again, it's one poll, so we can't really read a lot out of that. You just kind of say that as a quick snapshot, but it does or snapshot, but it does seem like he is going the wrong direction at this point. And I don't know, Carson uh, maybe so, so. as well. Yeah, Carson may the, the the gleam might be off that rose a little bit as well. Again, I'm for anyone that's not Trump until Trump is gone. Then I'll start thinking about the other ones. <laughs> right now, I'm for anybody. Oh man, uh, more patents do is inevitable. Mm-hmm. That's where the music starts. Oh really? Good. Supposed to. It didn't, but as a rule, okay, that's where. It okay, well, that, so you're saying that's a recommendation? Yeah, I'm yeah, just recommending it. Right, it's not like a necessity. <laughs> you can just sit here and. One of the things about Ben Carson we've been talking about at the beginning, and again, I, I like the guy generally. He seems like a nice guy. I, I, I like him in the debates. He's done pretty well. One of the things that pre-Trump that people were critical uh, about. I like him for brain surgery. Yes. That's where I like him. Yeah, you're a big brain surgery yeah. fan. Um, yeah, big big fan of his brain surgery. Yes. Uh, when, before, when he was running, before Trump got in, we kind of, we, I was critical of him. And that he seems to put himself in positions of pointless controversy. No. Where, like, he just says things that he doesn't need to say, Don't say that, that just that, derail the conversation. That's kind of, like, again, mm-hmm. that's, and I think that comes from, try, like, never running for anything before. Yeah. And there's part of that I think people like because he's just saying what he feels like. But it, it puts you in a point, I don't know, it, it makes a pointless controversy kind of for no reason. So yeah, you create a problem for yourself. Like when right. he jumped into the... Um, uh, the homosexual thing is not, uh, you're not born with it. Right. And okay? like, that's I a, think it's a tough area to get into, and there's no reason to. And he doesn't necessarily know how to wade the, through the waters. Yeah. Um, right. and, it, it, and that happened. Uh, so you have Donald Trump, who has this guy come out and ask him, hey, you know what the problem is? The Muslims. Like our president, <laughs> he's a Muslim. Over there. That guy yeah. uh, comes out and asks the question. So, and he wasn't born in this country. Yeah. Pat asked a great question earlier, which is, why are we talking about this? Why are they bringing this up to him? Yeah. And, of course, the general topic was brought up. But tell me that we have to be talking about would you ever vote for a Muslim president. To me, this is kind of on Carson here because Carson's the one who really volunteers that part of the conversation. Here was the question from Chuck Todd that got this whole thing going. You tell me you can't find a way out of this without a five-week debate about whether a Muslim should ever be president. Here's the question. Let me wrap up by finally dealing with what's been going on. Donald Trump, the deal with a questioner that claimed the president was Muslim. Let me ask the question this way. Should a president's faith matter? Should your faith matter to voters? There's no reason that needed to end no. in him declaring really a Muslim not. should never be president. It's really not. I mean, that's just a basic question about faith. He answers mm-hmm. it this way. Well, I guess that depends on what the faith is. If it's inconsistent with the values and principles of America, then of course it should matter. But if it's within the realm of America and consistent with the Constitution, no problem. Now, of course, what he's obviously insinuating there is that Muslims might not be consistent with that. So Chuck Todd follows up and says, do you believe Islam is consistent with the Constitution? He says, no, I do not. I would not advocate that we put a Muslim in charge of this nation. I absolutely would not agree with that. Now, whether you think that's right or wrong is up to you. 
However, there's no reason to start a major mm -hmm. controversy in your campaign mm -hmm. uh, by going there because the question really was a lot more basic than that. Well, yeah, of course it influences us. Of course, that's something that influences us, uh, you know, as people. And you, uh, you but could... there's no constitutional test about religion. That's not what we do here. A great way to do that is to throw it into the Democrat camp and say, you know, even Nancy Pelosi said it informs everything she does. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, faith is obviously important. Leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Why can't you do that? And maybe you don't, maybe you don't have Chuck to talk Todd about Islam at all. Maybe Chuck Todd would have followed up and say, "Well, maybe. can a Muslim ever be president?" And he then the have. answer to that is, if you favor Sharia law over the U.S. Constitution, you can't be president. Now, there's a lot of Muslims who wouldn't. Well, it's it's, it's want Sharia yeah, law in America. Yep, maybe we over talked about always talk about Dr. Zudi Jaster, right. but he's not the only one, and, and that's right. a, that's an important thing. It's one of those. It's a funny thing because, like, very understandably, you probably in your life have voted pretty consistently with people who are of the same faith. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that you don't want people from other faiths uh, winning elections. Um, it does not mean that you are a horrible person. It means what you're it means a racist, is, though, right? No. Right. What it means is Homophobe. religion is expressed. Islamophobe. Every week you go to a church. Phobophobe. No, it's not phobophobia. Okay. Um, every week you go to church, and what they say is they talk about a collection of values that are important to you and con the congregation. Mm -hmm. And if someone else holds those values, you're likely going to think that they're going to be a good president because they care about the things you care about. They see the world in the same way you do. And so religion is a collection of values in many ways. Your faith encapsulate those, encapsulates those things. If you think, uh, you know, if you think um, uh, something like, I don't know, the stuff that Jeffy puts on websites is a bad thing, well, your, your pastor probably also thinks that, and therefore you're probably going to have consistent values with someone of that faith. Uh, you know, when you ha when you go to a different faith that's f further and further away from your doctrine, you're probably going to agree with that person on less and less issues. So statistically, mm -hmm. it's less likely you're going to support them. It's why, like, if you go to an atheist and they say, okay, there's an atheist candidate running against a, um, you know, a, a hardcore Buddhist, you're most likely going to support the atheist without knowing anything about their other opinions because you agree with them on some core principles. And that's why faith is, of course, important in politics. If you could find, I think it was uh, Bobby Jindal, we talked about his response earlier. He's like, if you could find a Republican who is going to come out here and run for all the things that I believe in and say that, uh, you know, women should be respected in the world, uh, then, of course, I'd vote for a Muslim. That's fine. Uh, but, you know, right now we don't have one of those. What we have is a, in his particular uh, situation, a Christian governor from Louisiana, and you should vote for him, was, was his point. And I thought it was a good answer to that question. But, of course, there's a correlation there. It's not like religion isn't this just some, and this is the problem with the media. They see it as this some weird, crazy thing that you stumble into and have never thought about. Like, your parents told you, be Catholic, therefore you only agree with Catholics. That's not what it is. If you actually believe in it, and it's a collection of principles that guide your life, then yeah, you're going to agree with a candidate of your own faith that sees the world the same way, that understands the same things, that says you should try to live to certain standards. That's, that's very human and very understandable. I agree. Thank you, Pat. I agree. Thank you for that. It was a little bit too mm -hmm. deep. I think you want to, you want too many layers down the mm -hmm. you know off the yeah. end there. Well, uh, probably. But, you, but I think. Uh, but uh, but I think this that's audience just how can take I feel. It. Yeah. And I was fired up about it, so I had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm also fired about uh, fired up about the fact that the Iranian uh, president Hassan Rouhani 
has explained finally the death to America chance, and they're nothing to worry about. This is great news. Um, first interview with uh, any in, uh, journalist in the Western world uh, went to uh, Steve. What's his name? Um, Steve Cro Croft. Craft. Steve Croft. Craft from 60 Minutes, mm. and uh, here's, here's what he said about the death to America chance. What are Americans to make of it, the language? This slogan that is chanted is not a slogan against the American people. Oh, Our people respect the American people. Sure they do. The Iranian people are not looking for war with any country. But at the same time, the policies of the United States uh -huh. have been against the national interests of Iranian people. What? It's understandable that people will demonstrate sensitivity to this issue. When the people rose up against the Shah, the United States aggressively supported the Shah until the last moments. I wonder why. In the eight-year war with Iraq, the Americans supported Saddam. People will why. not forget these things. We cannot forget the past, but at the same time, our gaze must be towards the future. Okay, what does that mean? Uh, we, can't, we can't forget the past, but our gaze must be toward the future. So what does that say about your death to America, chant? Do you re really mean it or not? I don't, I don't get he, I don't, he just talks all around it like our politicians do. Um, the Iranian people respect the American people. They're a bunch of bull crap, the whole thing. Uh, he means that they want to destroy America, and they always have. Um, you know, do they have good reason for that? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, we've made some mistakes in the Middle East. Uh, there's no question about it. Shah Baran probably wasn't a fabulous guy, but he was pro-Western uh, uh, world. Yeah, he was pro-America. And, of course, we didn't want the Ayatollah to take over because the guy was a madman hmm. who wanted, well, death to America. So have we supported people they didn't necessarily like? Yes. Yes, we did. Uh, does does that uh, does that give them reason to chant death to America all the time? Yeah, I don't think so necessarily. We're not over here chanting death to Iran all the time. That just shows a like a uh, I, I don't know like well, a uh, Middle Ages mentality. Yeah, and it's the uh, what does Bush always say? The subtle uh, racism of uh, low expectations or subtle. There's yeah, that, that yeah, phrase yeah. he used it many times, mm -hmm. and it's, it's such a uh, so, subtle bigotry of low yes. expectations. We, we expect, ah, they're the Iranians. Of course they're going to all want to kill us and, and chant death to America. We need to excuse no. that as acceptable behavior from them. Screw off. These are our lives we're talking about, and right. I expect more out of these people. They shouldn't be doing that, and we should hold them responsible for their language. Especially when we're doing a big fat deal with them yeah. where we're legitimizing them right now. But can't you say, is it not a, is it a ridiculous standard? we just throw this one out there. To say, as sort of one of our side deals, or many side deals around this Iranian thing, look, if we do this deal with you, I understand there's going to be people in your country that are still going to say death to America, but you can't be freaking going to these rallies or leading the chance. You know I mean? <laughs> how about that? That how about, is a how about this? ridiculous standard, Go back to Stu. your people and say, you know what? <laughs> we think America's done a lot of bad things, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but how about this? We, we, we trust them here. We're going to do, do a nice deal with them, mm -hmm. and we need to uh, take our part of responsibility there because our presidents do this to us all the time. Oh, don't be mean to the Muslims after the attacks. Don't be mean to the Muslims. How about don't be mean to the Americans? They're trying to, be, uh, they're trying to work with us a little bit here, and let's not mm -hmm. screw this up for everybody. Yeah, like, let's see I, if we can reach peace here. Instead, we're the ones that are mm -hmm. supposed to understand why they want to kill us. How about we walk away from the table and tell you time. pay us some more money to make the deal? That's the way Iran thinks, and that's what they do. Yep.
And they won. Agonizing. And they won. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Every time. Yep. We capitulate. At least with this administration, for sure. And fact is with others as well. But this was maybe the most egregious example of that. What's the food? It's a better question. It's a better question. Maybe later. Maybe later. Oh, because we got Hillary Cackle to go through. Here. Oh, she's great. See, that's that's why she's not running away with this field because uh, she really sucks. She's just a bad candidate. Now she, she probably is. will still win. I mean, uh, she there's just not a lot in front of her. Um, I don't. I think Biden she might. Is, Biden might beat her. I don't think so. I seriously, and we go to this all the time. Yeah, I think it'd take Al Gore. I think it takes Al Gore. Jeffy, did you know that just a few years ago, Dick Gephardt was leading the field? <laughs> I um, did. I saw your. I, I saw your pose. Of I can't believe that was 2004. Can you believe 2004 that? 2004 was Dick Gephardt. Richard Gephardt led the field in 2004. I that know. blows me away. Yep. He is. Listen, he is in St. Louis right now, waiting for the call. <laughs> He's waiting by the phone. Dick Gephardt. Let's be honest about it. We, we haven't said this publicly, but Dick Gephardt's going to win this nomination. <laughs> okay, that's happening. You can write it down. Now, it he is. has not made any noise about getting into the race. No one's called him, per se. No one thinks of him anymore. But <laughs> it, I still think he's going to come out. <laughs> he's only 74. I mean, he, he's, in, in, he's the same age as Sanders. the field of the rest Sanders. of the Democrats, he's in there. He's the same age as Sanders. There's no reason he can't win the nomination. Can you, can you imagine <laughs> what the media attention would be right now? If right now the Republican field had come down to three candidates who were in their si late 60s, early 70s. That's all they'd be oh, talking all about. White. All they'd be talking Against, about. Against uh, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina even and, and mm -hmm. the entire, like, you know, group of ben Scott Carson. Walker, Ben Carson. Right. Yeah. If that was on the Democratic side, they'd be like, there's no diversity on the, on the Republican yes. side. It's all old white people. Yep. Ex no talk about this at all. Right. No talk about it at all. Pretty amazing. It sure is. Pretty amazing what they get away with. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. Uh, I, I want to talk about this uh, clock kid for a second again because Bill Maher, when Bill Maher makes sense, he really makes some serious sense. When he doesn't, he's off the rail so far you don't even want to talk about him. But over the weekend on uh, on his show, whatever it's called, uh, he lashed out at liberals again in a, a pretty significant way. Here's what he said about the. Uh, there was Omar a big story this week kid. about a 14 year old Muslim American teenager in Texas who uh, built Cuban. a clock. He's a science kid, and that's great. Can we have edited the clock? this, right? Can okay. we stop the and tape the for a second? At the school okay, do, do, do we know that there's, there's a little language here? And that's been edited, right? I just want to make sure before. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, go ahead. Perhaps because it looks exactly the... like a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and look, this kid deserves an apology, no doubt about it. They were wrong. Uh, I don't know. But could that. we have a little perspective about this? Did the teacher really do the wrong Can thing? The whole controversy is precisely because of the color of his skin. See, I don't because think of so. It's not the color of his skin. Yes, of course. It's not the color of his skin. And his religion. What if it Regardless. had been a bomb? Uh, yeah, exactly. And the, uh, so the teacher is supposed to see something that looks like a bomb and go, oh, wait, this just might be my white privilege talking. Right. <laughs> right. 
I <laughs> sure don't want to be politically incorrect, so I'll just let it go. He was arrested, and, and they took him off in cuffs and then put him in a cage and burned him. Oh, no, that's ISIS who does that. No, you know, you know what? We, we arrested, we put a kid after school for a couple of hours. This is not right. the end of the world. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Thank the you. end of the world does happen all over and the world for nice millions of Muslims who are the victims of other Muslims, of their religion. Where are the liberals on this? I like it. Quite interesting. Uh, it's funny because like it. uh, Ramos and Chris Matthews are there. Mm -hmm. And, those, you know, two people who would be oh. quite guilty of yeah. what Mar is talking about. Not exactly. Cuban. I mean, Absolutely. I don't think he has anything to do with that. But it's, uh, it's so it's all they do is race bait. Yeah, it's all it's all about that. But I mean, that, it's such it's so blatantly obvious to anyone who looks at that thing. And I think a big part part of this was the stories I read initially threw a picture of a clock up. Yeah, a and normal I honestly clock. read it initially, even as a conservative, it was like, geez, really, they really did this. Then Me you too. see the picture of the clock, you're like, wait a minute. Of course they thought it was a bomb because it looks like a damn bomb. Yes, or in the words of Bill Maher, it looks like a. Epic bomb. Like. Pat and Stu, uh, the Pope. Pope Francis is coming to town. Uh, so he's in Cuba right now, and uh, he just met with Fidel Castro after issuing supposedly a subtle little jab at communism. But, you know, he takes on capitalism all the time. Yeah, and, all and the not time. so subtle little jabs uh, yeah. with capitalism, I would say. Yeah. So I, I don't really know where he stands on economic systems around the world. I mean, I understand he's coming from a place in South America where, you know, there's not really great capitalism examples. Um, maybe he didn't have the greatest <clears throat> perception of America from where he grew up. Um, and this is what we've heard from people who are uh, come, his defenders from the conservative Catholic circle. Right. 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 Which I understand, but it's kind of, it's a little of, it's a bit of a demeaning argument. It's the Pope. The yeah. Pope has thought about things. He didn't just say, yeah. oh, this, this government's near me, therefore right. I haven't figured and this out. Does he have, or did he have, a television right. at his disposal? <laughs> or the Internet? No. Or other reading material right. where he could have read up on, you know, I don't know, some things that capitalism has done for the world, perhaps. Right. And it's like, I think that's uh, <laughs> something... You mean, like, make the TV that he could be watching? You're right. Yeah. 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 I mean, mm -hmm. it just seems like it's okay to say there are things inside of capitalism that are wrong. I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, certainly, yeah. I would agree with that. There is no perfect system no. right now on the earth. Because there's not perfect people. It's <clears throat> obviously very central to people who, you know, make faith arguments would understand that, obviously, as the Pope does. Yeah. I just... I, it seems like there's a... Um, real uh, effort to be made to criticize uh, capitalism as a system as in general uh, which is to me disturbing i don't i don't 
I don't particularly like that. Um, you know, and, and the fact that you talk about things like global warming. I mean, look, it's, is it his right to talk about global warming and say how evil it is? Of course. He can say whatever he wants. He's a freaking pope. I mean, uh, that's what you usually use that as the, the end of a, uh, you know, who does he think he is? The pope? He actually is. <laughs> He's actually the pope. So he can say whatever he wants. But, you know, when you start turning these conversations away from uh, what the real uh, moral underpinnings of the faith are and turn them into these sort of divisive, um, arguments, because even if you do believe global warming is uh, is caused completely by man, and and that it's it's something we need to avoid, it's impossible to me to look at it as and not see uh, the good outweighing the bad. You know that, and that's kind of yeah. what, what crystallizes the point more than ever. Like you know, you can there's a, there are scientists obviously that say that global warming is really bad; it's going to kill all of us. There are some that you know, and probably a lower percentage that say that it's it's uh, not um, going to do anything. There's a lot in the middle though that say we think this is a danger. We think that if we don't uh, take it seriously, it could actually do something to us. But we also can adapt to it, and we adapt to most of these changes, particularly over the short term, uh, as we're developing these new technologies. It's a pretty sensible place to be. Um, you, you know, maybe you take into account the possibility for something bad, but in reality, you look at it and say, what has created the things that would solve these issues? It ain't communism. communism. And, you know, it ain't, it's not communism. Socialism. It's yeah. not socialism. Huh. Uh, it, it are, it's things, uh, you know, capitalism. What would you say it is? The capitalist system has done a pretty good job. Really? Of that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so All instead right. of criticizing that system, um, you know, maybe the idea is to empower the people who are trying hard to solve all of these problems. Yeah. There's a lot of them. And yet he stands in front of a giant likeness of Che as he uh, speaks yesterday in Cuba. It's. I, I, it's agonizing to me. He said, whoever wishes to be great must serve others, not be served by others. Service is never ideological, for we do not serve ideas. We serve people. Uh, I guess that's the subtle slam at communism. I, I don't know. Um, he's maybe saying that people serve people, not governments serving people, which is, uh, you know, a key point that we try to make on a pretty regular basis, uh, because People are always telling us that socialism and communism are, are what Jesus was all about, which is nothing. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, he always talked about individuals serving others. Never once did he say governments should do these things. Never once did he say that you should take from Peter and give to Paul. He never said that stuff. And what an amazing thing that is. If you consider the time, there's no examples <clears throat> at that point of individuals doing this. Mm -hmm. What you have at that point are governments doing everything for everybody because right. there's kings and they're thwarting people and they're, you yeah. know, they're, there's, no, there's no libertarian government of the time. And it's, he's still not saying the government's the one supposed to be doing these things. Right. The government has no programs at the time we're talking about. The government doesn't have universal health care. It doesn't have any of these programs. Yet he's still standing up saying it's up to you to do it, not saying the government. Why doesn't he cite the government there? And he could have. He could have. He could have said Rome should be doing this or that or whatever. Mm -hmm. He never did that. Never once. Yeah. Uh, Weird. So so he believes the Washington Post uh, says the Pope's visit will produce the largest security operation in U.S. history. As you can well imagine, I mean, there's, there's obviously going to be some people and uh, some, some uh, issues regarding security for the Pope. And the other interesting thing, as the Pope's visit uh, draws nearer, is that the National Review has written a big article about uh, how wrong Pope Francis is 
about air conditioning. Yeah, the title is actually Pope Francis is Wrong About Air Conditioning, which is an awesome title. <laughs> I don't know why. It just made me laugh just reading the title. It's kind of ballsy. Um, this is from uh, the, the, uh, this whole uh, genesis of, of the Pope air conditioning controversy. He says, simple example of harmful habits of consumption is the increasing use and power of air conditioning. The markets, which immediately benefit from sales, stimulate even greater demand. An outsider looking at our world would be amazed at such behavior, which at times appears self-destructive. There's no one who would be amazed by this. It's actually the most obvious thing in the world. It makes your life a lot better. People then make more of it for you, and you mm -hmm. consume more of it. That is a, a very basic uh, thing of capitalism, and it seems like he knows that and is what he's calling out. It's not calling out air conditioning. He doesn't care about air conditioning. He cares about some uh, markets, he specifically mentions, and consumerism, two things very tidly, uh, closely tied to capitalism, obviously. Right. So, I mean, I, I have absolutely no problem with our, our approach to air conditioning, except for the fact that I hate walking into places that don't have it. Well, yeah. <laughs> In Texas, if a place doesn't have it, you're not going there. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. I mean, if we turn down the air conditioning or turn it up, I guess, to... 78 or, or 78 or 80 or whatever he's recommending to do here. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to go into your, into your establishment because it's not going to be comfortable. And uh, we in this society have kind of developed a comfortable way of life. Right. One that I honestly hope before Continues. I die, I get to see in a place like Africa where, I don't know, maybe they're not tortured by incredibly awful heating conditions be nice. their entire lives. Be great. Maybe they get to walk into stores yeah. that are cool and walk in and go to school in places that aren't 114 degrees inside. Maybe that will happen at some point in our life. That's what I strive for. I don't uh, understand the other argument here. I would honestly love to see where the air conditioning is set at the Vatican. I, I would really like to see it. Mm. Do you really put the air conditioning at 80 in Rome during the summer? <laughs> I, I just find it hard to believe. Maybe, I don't know, yeah. maybe they're really judicious with the way they use air conditioning there. Maybe it's at the highest possible temperature to keep the uh, the paintings from cracking at the Sistine Chapel. I don't know. Maybe. I, I just doubt it. I mean, Glenn talked about the miles and miles and miles of archives they have there. And it's apparently quite impressive. I've never seen it, but he, he describes it in a pretty amazing way where uh, these archives floor after floor that extend for miles underground. Um, I mean, a lot of energy is going into protecting that stuff. A lot of energy. So if, if, if the climate is your major deal, and, you're, and he's talking about it a lot here, if you really believe that these things are bringing about the demise of the planet, you owe it to yourself to turn off that air conditioning. In Even if places. you lose some of the bingo records, honestly. So what? I mean, whatever. So what? Right. The planet's at stake here. Yeah. It, and move, if you move, really believe it, move your archives to a place that's cooler. A cave somewhere. You know, don't put them in the freaking Vatican. Buy an island somewhere. Buy a cave somewhere. Yeah. And use that money. I, I, like, it just, it's incumbent on you to do I'm that. Not I think, look, I'm not Catholic. I'm not trying to criticize yeah, the Pope. I, I, like, whatever. You, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this as an outsider to the perspective of I only care you know how it affects you know the society in general i don't I, like i there's more nuance in every faith and i understand that so you know people who are catholic a lot of times will, will say hey you know mm -hmm. what you don't understand is x y or z and, and like i don't have to look through look at it through that lens because i'm not catholic that's not my that's not what i'm doing here i'm looking at it as just a how global policy realm and the bottom line is you know it's it's i believe in that from that perspective completely wrong 
uh, to try to limit this. The idea that we're over-consuming air conditioning is so crazily off-base right now. We are under-consuming air conditioning by an incredible amount. And I don't even mean that in the joking way of, I want it cooler when I walk into the store. We have entire continents that could li- that could we could save thousands and thousands of lives if this was more uh, available mm-hmm. to people throughout Africa, throughout Asia, throughout South America, places where mm-hmm. it is really hot and people die because of it. The Middle East, for example, you think a lot of people are dying from it, heat stroke in Dubai? It's hot. It's not happening because they've got friggin' giant buildings that are all air conditioned. Yeah. It's the people in other areas where they don't have capitalism going. And again, to call capitalism in Dubai, I mean, I understand that there's... It's a little bit of a stretch, but still. But they've got got more of it than other places. You think in in Iran, they've got the same luxury? And it's it's not a luxury. When it's talking, you're talking about saving lives of children. That's not a luxury. No. That is important innovation, and we should be all talking to each other about how the hell can we get more power to those areas so more people can live, more consumption of air conditioning, more consumption of these things that free people and, and keep them alive. That's, that's the, that should be the goal here. Even Europe. I mean, I, I mentioned on the radio show this morning that in Europe, in I think it was 2006, um, it seems to me, there was a big heat wave in in France, and I was really interested in it because uh, it lasted a couple of weeks, and uh, thousands of people died. Like it was yeah. over ten, it was between ten and twenty thousand people died in France because of this heat wave. So I was really curious. I thought, how are people dying because it got hot? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it gets hot here every day. And we're not, nobody dies. Holy crap, 35,000. Okay, I was way under. It was 35,000 people. I said 16,000. 2003. That's 11 9-11s. Wow. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy. So my recollection wasn't even as uh, outrageous as the actual number was. 35,000 people. And as a percentage of population, it's even more dramatic. Oh, yeah, because there's, what, 70 million people in France? Jeez. And that's incredible. Think of the percentage. That'd be like 400,000 people dying here from a heat wave. So, and you can't fathom that. No, because it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And so I looked into a little bit of why. And there's a couple of factors. First of all, it's usually really cool in France mm-hmm. and in most of Europe because it just doesn't get that hot. Yeah, it's it's, the climate it's like 70 in the summertime. They kind of have like Seattle weather. Mm-hmm. And so nobody has air conditioning or very few people have air conditioning. So there's no air conditioning. And then you have elderly who live alone. And then there's the deal where they all go on holiday at the same time. They all take vacations around the same time. And so they leave and they don't check up on their elderly relatives. And then the elderly die uh, because mm-hmm. they don't have air conditioning and there's nobody to check on them. And so they die of heat stroke or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, in large, I mean, I'm sure that's not every single death, but that's no, well, what it, contributes to it in large part. Yeah, and this was used as actually an example uh, I can highly recommend. Uh, the chapter on global warming in an inconvenient book, if you'd like to go back and look at this. Mm-hmm. And it was used as the example, Glenn used it as the example of how you think about these things. It's such a great thing. 35,000 people die in France from a heat wave. The left says, here's evidence we need to change the entire climate. 
We need to cut our consumption. We need to conserve. We need to change the way we think about things. We need to not drive. We need to not buy as many, many big buildings. We need to not do all of these things. Because if we do this together, at some point in 100 years from now, we can cool the climate by a half a degree and we'll have less heat. We'll still have heat waves, but they'll be less frequent. Yeah. That's their case. Our case is, you know what? For $100, a window air conditioning would have saved every one of those lives. Every one of them. For $100. That's 35,000 people who are still alive. Yeah. If you have a That's government building that has amazing. been closed down or a, a building that if you go in there and you turn on the air conditioning and shuttle people to a place like that for the week it's really hot, people you would have saved all of those lives. Yeah. A slight, cheap adaptation to make sure that people can live now with the technologies we do. Yeah. Doesn't have to be with. central air for right. every it one of those people. It doesn't have to be, yeah. It just, honestly, one window air conditioner that you dropped off yeah. and installed and then picked up later would actually be enough. You don't need, it wouldn't need to get to, as you, as the, you know, it doesn't need to get to 68. You get it just so it's cool enough so it's not right. 95 in there. Right. And they can actually get away with it. Or you could take a bus and shuttle people, everyone that called you, into a giant, uh, you know, uh, building that has probably been destroyed by the economy in France and, uh, and turn on the air conditioning and let them be there for a while and keep cool. Yeah. There are a lot of ways to adapt to these things using the technologies that we've developed. Because it's not a problem that's insurmountable. No, it's it's not. just not. We could fix it. Right. And, because my perception of it was back when it was happening what the hell temperature is it is it 180 in france what is going on no it was like 92 that would be an exceptionally cool day in july in dallas fort worth <laughs> it's it's not that difficult a problem like you said one window unit and then the the person can stay in that in that room and you're alive and uh, the it's well, amazing. actually some of the temperatures were being reported at uh you know for short periods of time over 100 were they? Uh, for short period that's, And that's in Spain. That's not in other countries. Yeah. Because Spain. I want to I apologize for the 35,000 deaths. Yeah. Because that was the original reporting. Okay. But then uh, the rest of Western Europe reported. So they're actually, the, to the total they're assuming is at least 70,000. Jeez. My gosh. Think of that. Mm. How is that possible in the modern world? where 70,000 people die because it's warm. Well, when you're living on a continent that signed on to the Kyoto Gosh, Treaty, darn. that has done everything they can Unbelievable. to attempt to uh, turn back wow. this development that we cherish so much as right. conservatives, this yep. is the sort of thing that can happen. And, and it's funny because they actually use this as an example for their argument because it was hot. Right. For, being able to overcome 90 degree temperatures for a month is not something that you need to ad adopt uh, to change the entire climate to do. No. So what? So what is the outcome of that? So instead of it being 90, it's 88 for that month. Whatever. You're still at that point. Even if you're right, you're still at a point where you're going to need air conditioning for elderly people. <laughs> it's just it's just utterly oh, insane. And I think until, you know, um, until you can come to that point where you're understanding that this is actually a really moral argument. The moral side of this argument is keeping people alive. It's developing these things further and getting us to a point where we can come together and understand that, you know what, maybe the nice thing to do isn't to, uh, you know, put into an eternal dungeon of uh, awful, uh, you know, indescribable uh, heat throughout multiple continents for poor people. Maybe that's not the nice side of this argument.
Maybe the nice side of the argument are the people who are saying, you know what, develop your energy sources and keep these people cool and get medicine there and get them the freedom of capitalism mm. that has been provided to everyone else and stop trying to keep them down. There are quotes, we've read them from these environmental activists over and over and over again who will say, we can't let the third world evolve. We oh, yeah. can't let them develop or we'll they're be pretty screwed. open about that. They're, they're open about it. They're telling you they mm. want these people to be in these conditions for the ongoing future because the planet may be at risk. Well, you know, we can adapt to those things. We can adapt to those things. And we can, we can you know, the point seven degree temperature rise, the seven inches of sea level rise, all that we've already dealt with in past centuries, those sorts of things, even if they're 100% right, are things that we can adapt to moving forward to try to keep freaking Africa in the third world for multiple decades until we figure it out is not a legitimate solution. No, it's pathetic. And it it's is. inhuman. And it hurts people. It kills people. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's September, and you know what that means. Well, it means it's still hot in Texas, for one thing. Uh, but uh, well, it also means we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Because no, we we're not, because we have air conditioning here no. in Texas, which go. is awesome. And uh, we have, for our barbecue grills, we have these... Uh, Cast iron grates that you can place on. You don't have to. You don't have to assemble it. You just place them yep. on the grill. Yep. It's really easy to do. Super heavy, but for a reason because they've got these great grooves in it, where the oil and and uh, uh, the uh, juices the juice gets trapped into the meat or the vegetables in in Stu's case, but uh, everything else, the oil and the fat, kind of leaks out of it and it and it rolls down these little grooves. And this is constructed so well that they stay super hot, so it locks in uh, the deliciousness into your food and seals in those juices. Mm. And That's great. it turns your, your grill into a steakhouse-quality grill. And look, you have people over for a barbecue or to watch some football, do some tailgating. They're all going to probably, you know, force down whatever crappy burger you give them. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to gonna, do that, they, But they don't have to do this that. This is America. This is America. Impress them. Get your mangroves. Get 30% off it's your America. Mangrates. 30% off Blaze TV viewers. Get that deal. Use the promo code Blaze at checkout. And right. that gets you to a point where you can, I don't know, do something a little bit better for the people that are coming over and hanging out with you. Yeah. You're going to barbecue. Damn, make this the food is good. America. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> it's America. 30% off. Mangrates.com slash Blaze. Because <laughs> this is America. Okay. Triple eight seven two seven back. Packs too. Looking back at the inconvenient book uh, segment I was talking about, this is at the same time uh, we need to adapt to the most obvious solutions. The heat wave of two thousand three hit Europe. The nearly thirty five thousand oh, wow. mostly elderly people died. The size and scope of the tragedy have uh, gave global warming theorists an opportunity to spout their views to almost every news camera on the globe. They claim that the events like this justify the EU spending an estimated one point four four three trillion dollars by 2023 to alter their energy industry enough to possibly avert mm. climate change. Let me propose another option. A hundred years ago, there was nothing you could do about a heat wave except stay away from fat, sw sw uh, smelly, sweaty relatives. <laughs> now uh, we Today, can that would be, except stay away from Jeffy. Yes, yeah, stay away Why from Jeffy. Why are you Jeffy. looking at me? Uh, <laughs> now we can do this magic thing called condition the air. <laughs> condition <laughs> what? the air. Yeah. 35,000 wow. window air conditioners cost about $2.5 million. 
or perhaps you pick a few vacant office buildings that your economy and its double-digit unemployment rates can't support and turn the AC on. Then fire up a few gasoline-powered school buses and shuttle old people to the air-conditioned facilities. Repeat every time it gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious that you could do things like that. I mean, yeah. and obviously you can't always predict these things are coming. But really, to take care of people in a situation like that, there are basic things that can be done. And again... They have made the claim this is about global warming. From 2003 to today, there haven't been, there hasn't been a repeat. There's been 12 years that have happened. There hasn't been a repeat of 70,000 people dying throughout Europe. Um, we haven't seen that. It could happen at any time, but it happened before mm -hmm. that as well. There were heat waves as well. Uh, really a bizarre uh, way to think about the world when these technologies that are so great uh, are the ones that are actually helping us through these crises. Yeah. Uh, crises. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just the way I guess I look you at know, it. You know, you look at the Southwest United States, which has really uh, fired up the entire employment situation for the United States of America. Is that safe to say? Since, since the recession, it has been Southwestern United States, in, in fact, uh, Texas, that has fueled the recovery, whatever recovery there's been. It's mostly come from us. At least half the jobs that have been created in this economy since 2008 have come from here. Now, that doesn't happen if it weren't for air conditioning because nobody would be here. Um, the cities in Texas, Dallas and Houston were much tinier back in the 50s. And it wasn't just because it was the 50s. It was because there was no air conditioning. And so the boom in the Southwest, the Southwest didn't start happening until you could condition the air, mm. until you brought air conditioning into it, because then people could stand to live here. When it's, when it's 100 in Houston and it's 100% humid, oh, my gosh. I mean, you, you want to be anywhere else in the world uh, unless you got a little something that you can, you know, you pull down a little lever and the air starts getting cooler and it's not 110 in your, in your dwelling. Now it's more like 73 well, that's fairly comfortable, and you can, you can sort of survive <laughs> Suffering that. for days, we suffer from going from our air-conditioned automobile yes. to the air-conditioned building. Right. That five-minute walk at the most. At the most. Is, it's usually more like enough. a two-minute walk or a 30-second walk. <laughs> and even that's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> you can barely get away with that. Uh, but that's why the population of Houston went from, you know, I, I don't know, a few hundred thousand to seven million in the area now. Same with Dallas. And I mean, the influx of the South. Right. Really. I mean, the whole God. South is that way. The whole South. Since air conditioning, the South exploded. Right. Uh, you know, people started moving from the North to the South because now they can handle living here. And this is the same thing with moving towards the shorelines. I mean, people like living on the water. They like mm -hmm. living close to the water. So they move to the water, and then a hurricane comes in, and it increases the amount of damage that happens from a previous hurricane that hit 50 years ago. It's like, yeah. well, that's why people are choosing right. there. If you don't want those things, if you don't want increased flood uh, risk, you don't move towards the water. If you don't want to be Mr. I'm going to power the entire uh, globe with air conditioning, well, you know, we can all evacuate Houston. And we'll see how that sort of development goes. See if that's good for people. Let's have everyone from Houston and everyone from the south move on up north, and we'll pile everybody there with all that old uh, infrastructure. Mm -hmm. How's that going to work out for people? I'm Are thinking that going to help well. keep people alive, or is it going to kill them? <laughs> it's, gonna, it's one of the two. I'll give you some news. It's the second one. Really? Yeah, I just, I just spoiled. I sp you spoiled. Yeah, you're really. Pot, pot spoiler point there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that.
took away all the suspense mm -hmm. completely. Yeah, it's the dead mm. one. It's the, right. it's the dead one. You sure? <laughs> I am definitely sure all of right. that. Yeah. Instead, Houston's the most air-conditioned city in the world, and that's why people live there now. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Now, uh, North Carolina, University of North Carolina uh, at Chapel Hill has distributed a writing guide to students that has advised them against using the words, any words, with man in them. Uh, the guide created by UNC's Writing Center advises... Now, you, you got too much time on your hands in a university if you're coming up with, hey, you know what we need is a writing center. Mm. Let's have a writing center where we can tell people what words they can use and what words they can't use. Mm. It advises against using words such as mailman, man-made, and policeman, according to a copy published online. English has changed since the Declaration of Independence was used. Yes. Was written. Uh, most readers no longer understand the word man to be synonymous with person, so clear communication requires writers to be more precise. I've said this for years. How long have I said this? 40s? Late 40s? Late 40s, you yeah. mentioned it. it, wasn't, uh, it well, I wouldn't say it was a main part of your conversation until at that what, point. the mid-50s? Mid-50s, you mid -50s. really hit it okay. hard. Yeah. Uh, the writing guide gives students alternative options to use instead, such as postal carrier instead of mailman, uh, suggests legislator instead of congressman, and the word actor to describe both male and female entertainers. Perhaps the best test for gender-inclusive language is to imagine a diverse group of people reading your paper. Would each really reader feel respected? Envisioning your audience is a critical skill in every writing context, and revising with a focus on gendered language is a perfect opportunity to practice. You know, it's been hell until just now. Reading things mm. like mailman, mm. reading things like mm. policeman, mm. reading things like man-made. Oh, my gosh. Every time my wife sees that, she bursts into tears, falls to the floor, and starts screaming <laughs> like a banshee. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's very disturbing to me. Well, I don't mean to, very to mock your wife's pain. No, please don't. But please don't. It's interesting to see this sort of thing happen where mm -hmm. annoying leftists tell us mm -hmm. that we should start using phrases like postal carrier. Mm -hmm. So some people believe that. Then when they see man-made or male-man, they start crying. And mm -hmm. now because mm -hmm. of the ridiculous situation leftists have told us to, the dumb sandbox they've created for us to play in, mm -hmm. we now have to adjust our language to make it okay. It was okay before. It's like you cha you, you're the one that made us change this. You're the one that told people they should be offended when they hear male carrier or male-man. Right. And now... Because of the situation you've created, we need to change. Yes. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, colleges. We really appreciate that. Unbelievable. And I guess they have nothing better to do. There's really no other problems with writing. Well, all your students and all your writers at your at your university, you got everything else down. Mm. It's just it's just. Oh, the, they got those 140 characters on Twitter. Okay. They got that yeah. down. Okay. Wood is spelled W-U-D. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we have that. You down. know they do. All right, more patents too is. Uh, Inevitable. How about you want to do something really with writing? How about somebody who only types the word spoons, for example? Something, mm, something that'd like be that. Good. Oh wait. If only Jeffy could spell spoons, he might type it. He can only actually say it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's a S P O O. No, no, you have two O's. What?
Hey, it is Pat and Stu. Oh, uh, it is? It is. Yes! You're, you made it. Thank you. Uh, it's great to I've have I've dreamt about this for a long time. And here you are. And here we are. Here you are. Mm -hmm. Dreams do come true. Um, can we talk a little bit about that? We were talking about this capitalist thing, about how capitalism actually serves uh, the people and actually makes their lives better. And sometimes we lose sight of what the system actually does because the system is so ingrained in us. We, mm -hmm. we all are individuals doing the things that we want to do um, in, at some level. And a lot of times I think we don't realize what the system actually brings to us that makes our lives so much easier. This is a guy, uh, it's, it's a series called How to Make Everything, uh, a guy on YouTube called, uh, named Andy George. He tries to make a sandwich, but not, you know, making a sandwich is pretty easy. What do you do when you make a sandwich, Jeffy? You make about 15, 20 of them a day here at work. How many? What, what do you do typically when you want to make a sandwich? Just get some. You get some bread, bread right? You get some bread. Some meat products to put between right. the two like slices usually, or three or four slices of bread. Right, three or four slices of bread, about 12, 15 meat. kinds of meat, uh, six, eight kinds of cheese. You know, five or six different. Pound and a half of bacon. Pound and a half of bacon, kind of on top of oh it. Oh my God, that's mayonnaise. So good. You, of course, you need some you mayonnaise. Fry I mean, that's lunch. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's lunch. Yeah. Um, this guy tried to make it, but from scratch. Like, let's say you can't go to the store. And I don't know, capitalism doesn't, you know, provide a nice loaf of bread at every freaking <laughs> store you walk into. How do you actually do this That's and right. make a sandwich? Here's a video watch. Okay. How to make a $1,500 sandwich in only six months. Grow a garden. Step one. Step two. Ocean water. Ocean water. All right. And he's doing that. Make, make it, it through <laughs> airport security. <laughs> Some would say you might not have the airport either, but then there's the pickling process. Milking a cow. Yeah, this is too much work for me. I'm not doing this. Riding a cow. I don't know why you're riding it. All right. For fun. Pick itch weed. What? I don't know. Like they're making some make cheese. God, can you imagine trying to make cheese from scratch? No. But again, is. capitalist oven he's using, all these other things that are harvested wheat. He's harvesting wheat now. Make a huge mess in your apartment. Yeah. I don't live in an apartment, but okay. <laughs> I think it's this guy talking about this. Oh, I see. <laughs> Collecting <laughs> honey now from actual bees, making butter. Why would you do this? And now he's shaking it up. Bread. bread. Step 13, by the way. Step number four. Then there it is, rising. The bread is rising. Number 14, commit murder. you got to kill an animal. Okay, mm -hmm. he's, he's grabbing a chicken. He just killed it. Murder. Now, step 15, assemble the sandwich. Well, you can't just assemble it. You haven't... Okay, you killed the chicken. Now he's cooking the chicken. He's skipping a lot of steps here. <laughs> Putting a whole bunch of stuff on it. Uh, a lot of vegetables. Step 16, enjoy. So there it is. And now he's taking his first bite of his homemade sandwich. He homemade everything. It, it's not bad. <laughs> Love it. It's not bad. <laughs> Six months of my life were uh -huh. not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not exceptional. It's not exceptional mm. after that? Because you would think yeah, the best everything ever. absolutely fresh. Everything absolutely homegrown. Yeah. And then it's not bad. No. And again, it cost him $1,554. That includes, he, he's also using all throughout there. You see, he's got, you know, pans, excuse me, pans made 
um, uh, mm -hmm. in the, you know, that were obviously capitalist products, cooking on a capitalist oven, right. going to, you know, a capitalist airport, all yeah. of these other uh, things factored into that. The point is that this system makes your life so much better. Because you don't have it's to almost, do any of that. It's almost incomprehensible. There's a great example in the book, um, uh, The Rational Optimist. Which, oh, man. Jeffy? Uh, you, me, and the rational op optimist. How many hours have we? It's spent? so funny that you mentioned that because we have a I was just optimist I was just looking group. it up. I was trying to remember. Were you really? Yeah, rational oh optimist. Because we time were just you we and spent, I. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I the discussion group Friday, or if if we did. No, I emailed you Saturday night after the right. football game. I said, yeah. Pat. Right. Is this the football game's over? Optimist? I'm sorry, BYU lost, but mm -hmm. the rational, rational optimist, optimist oh helps God. us it's get a through great this book. I know that's, that's why we're in the discussion group. That's exactly. And by the way, you have had a lot uh -huh. of discussions about this. You just, it just, <laughs> maybe not. You know, you just had it. You believe a lot of the same things. I guess is what it was. Very Glenn Beckian. I like it. I, I didn't sure want well, to give it credit. I didn't want to steal their mm -hmm. material. No, go ahead. But the point is, back in the day, you got like you know some king of France who mm -hmm. will have. Every day he'll come out for dinner. And they, they talked about, I can't remember which king it was. And every day he would have 140 different servants make a meal for him and bring out 140 different meals. So and this every is time, real? This is real. So every time he went to dinner, he would walk through and look for what meal out of the 140 he wanted to eat. What? Ridiculous, right? Why would he do 140? What, what, what was the... I don't remember. It was tw maybe Twitter characters. I don't know Good what he was gosh. basing it on. The point being <laughs> that here's this opulent king. Yeah. That he can come out and choose anything he wants, 140 different meals. Mm -hmm. Yet with capitalism, we all have much better than that every yes, day. Do. Every day there are yeah. thousands of people across the world working together to put mm -hmm. dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of choices of pre-made meals, plus all the ingredients for anything else you could possibly imagine. Like 10 times in my town, it's that really thing true. repeats itself really true. with capitalism and grocery stores. Yeah. And then there's restaurants and everything else. Think of how much better it is is for us than the best possible king back in the day. And that's all capitalism. It really is an amazing thing that we never think of. We all get to go in and choose anything we want, whenever mm -hmm. we want, with a very small percentage of our, our actual take-home pay going I mean, towards it. You're not convincing us. So talk to the camera because right, Pat and you I guys were, know the rational Pat and I were talking about the same thing. We, we have discussion groups four, four times a week. <laughs> It's a great book. We're up to it four is. times a week now because it's such a great book. More and more people want to join the right. Four times—that's a yeah. lot. I know. It's it's a lot. More people want to join it's the club, enough, really, for 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 that book. Our room. The we rational. We get a bigger room, but no, we just yeah. keep adding classes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hate. I hate both of you. Now I know how Glenn feels. Now I know. Now I feel it. <laughs> I was just trying to credit them. So no, I didn't no, you did. Because it's one of our favorite books of all time, I The Rational you. Optimist. It's, I mean, so, 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 so good. Uh, it's interesting, though. I, my guess is with this guy, he just said it's okay cause, to be funny. You yeah, think? right. I mean, six months of that. I bet it was a very good sandwich. It looked pretty good. But $1,550 and then six months of time to wow. do that? And I will say that, like, if honestly, if you had to go and read on the Internet, which, again, another capitalist thing, how to make really good homemade yeah. bread cheese by yourself, and bread not someone who specialized that. in it, but right. you, yeah. and cheese and bread, like, it probably is actually, I'm surprised it's even okay. I honestly and it's not going to turn out. Yeah, it's, that might be true. And it's not going to turn out right the first time. Right, you're going to screw yeah. it up. So, you're going to learn how to do it. Unless but, he knew all this stuff, maybe he's a maybe. farmer 
or something. But the point is that's that's what specialization brings to you, and that's the right. point in the book, the rational optimist, as you guys yeah, know, with the, well, your classes. We do. But that's you're the preaching point. to the choir, my friend. The, being a specialist and, and that <laughs> developing in our society makes it so yeah. some guy that we don't know who's freaking good at making tomatoes, mm -hmm. makes the tomato. Some guy we don't know that knows all the best routes to drive the truck, mm -hmm. drives the truck. Some guy we don't know stocks the shelves, and then we go in and buy the thing and make the sandwich, and all of a sudden it's pretty freaking good. Yeah. If we had to do all those things, it would be a disaster. Yeah. We would, we would never make a sandwich that tasted half as good as the one that guy made. We will uh, cover Chapter 9 of The Rational Optimist <laughs> hey, coming you. up here in just a second on Patents, too. Hang on. Chapter 9 and 10. Get your textbooks out. Next. Yeah, because you're going to love this. If, if you haven't read it, I, I know I'll preach you to just a couple of people. Hey, we're going to have time to do both um, chapters? I th well, we're going to condense. Okay. And it may spill into tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Interesting. Um, when Barack Obama, this is Pat Stu, by the way, uh, welcome. When Barack Obama was uh, announced as the winner of the Nobel Peace Prize in 2009, uh, even the fresh-faced president appeared a little bit shocked, uh, according to the story. To be honest, I do not feel I deserve to be in the company of so many transformative figures who've been honored by this prize. Correct. Yeah. Uh, transformative figures like Yasser Arafat. <laughs> Uh, now, a former director of the no Norwegian Nobel Institute has acknowledged that in hindsight, in hindsight, he's not so sure giving the prize to Obama was a good move either. Hey, nice job. Welcome to the mm. earth. Uh, in a memoir titled Secretary of Peace, 25 Years of the Nobel Prize, Geir Lundsted, the non-voting director of the Institute, uh, writes that he's developed doubts <laughs> about the wow. committee's decision. You're kidding. Mm. According to him, the White House even find, uh, tried to find a way for Obama to avoid the ceremony, though the committee warned that its recipients of the prize were only allowed to avoid the ceremony in exceptional circumstances. Uh, so I mean, he wanted it, but he didn't want to go. And I think at the time they realized how ridiculous it looked politically. Well, but it was ridiculous. But it's one of those things where you kind of do want the prize still. Not to mention you get, a, what, a million dollars? Yeah, which he supposedly donated to something. Yeah, maybe, but still, I mean... Uh, but still. I'd still want the million dollars. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind. And like, no, I, wouldn't mind. You got a chance to win the Nobel Peace Prize, you take it, and then yeah. you, can always, you can always show up and say, oh, yeah, I won the Nobel Prize. If it's a, but if it's an obvious joke that you're winning, would you That's why you don't want show up to? for it. I think that's probably why he didn't want to show up for it. I mean, it yeah. was such a joke at the time. Yeah, I mean, it really pathetic. was. Oddly, I mean, they literally it, decided like a week into his presidency. Yeah. And then it was awarded later, but it was about a week into his presidency when they voted or whatever they do and announced it. I mean, so you know, he didn't crazy. want to miss it too much. No. no. I'm sorry, because yeah. he warned the recipients of the prize are only allowed to avoid the ceremony in exceptional circumstances. Uh, I'm the president of the United States. I'm oh, really busy. Right. Yeah, it's a pretty exceptional circumstance. Yeah. yeah. Only a few people have done it. <laughs> only yeah. a few. Thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of believe, not because I don't think he 
you know, I don't think he felt like, oh, well, I just, I can't take all this attention. I think it was just like, at the time, it actually was negative attention. I mean, they, it was kind of like mm-hmm. a major joke that this guy got the, the uh, Peace Prize. And, and, and the desired effect that they talk about, maybe it didn't have the desired effect. I think what they thought was, this guy's coming in. We think he actually has some sensibilities that might, maybe he's totally anti-war like us. So what mm-hmm. we need to do is we give him this prize early Proper to look. lock him into acting that way. Proper and look. what they didn't realize is that he's completely dishonest and, and has no, <laughs> he's not consistent enough. So he's done all the same things that Bush had done in many right. cases more dramatically. Worse. Um, you know, he's, he's upped things like spying, certainly. He's bombed more countries. Drone strikes, Bush. more drone, drone strikes. strikes. I mean, he's just done it in different ways, but yeah. obviously he was not affected by the Nobel Peace Prize. Killed like more American citizens with drones than any other president. Mm. Um, <laughs> in fact, I think he's the only one, or the only American president who killed American citizens with yeah, drones. So you know, that's weird. It's so you, far. Up until recently, that wasn't even one of the desired things you'd want to do as president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> up until recently. Yeah, You're right. right. Most presidents in the past have actually... Tried not to, to kill to American avoid. citizens. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's an interesting piece of history. It for is. Those, uh, and it's especially kind of in interesting for a Nobel Peace Prize winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. 888-727-BECK. Now, according to BuzzFeed, here's 20 life-changing cupcakes uh, that are better than a boyfriend. I this would say is... all cupcakes are better than a boyfriend, in my yeah, particular. Me, me, me too. Because I'm not mm-hmm. really in a high-level How many level boyfriends desire? do you have right now? Well, 12. 12. 12. Okay. Uh, I mean... And a lot of other acquaintances, obviously, but boyfriends, like seri- guys I'm serious yeah. with. Seriously dating, Man, making out with, hooking up, that kind oh of thing. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to go into the numbers. Um, <laughs> here, but in other words, this is BuzzFeed's way of telling women uh, in particular that there, here's some good cupcake flavors. But mm. I like that, and I want to know the, the cupcake flavors, so here they are. Ginger brown sugar cupcakes with spiced cream cheese frosting. Are you into that? Wait a second. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Ginger brown sugar we're gonna, cupcakes. We're honestly going to do this without bringing in the cupcakes? Oh, they'll come in. Seriously? In just a second, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, here. Natasha, just roll them over here. Let's, <laughs> let's have them. Uh, sweet potato cupcakes with toasted marshmallow frosting. Oh, I'm not into sweet potato cupcakes. Yeah, mm. no, but we can no. try them. But I'm willing to try the toasted marshmallow frosting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Spiced butternut squash cupcakes. No. Come on, better than a boyfriend? Squash butternut? <laughs> no. You really like your boyfriend. So I to do, be fair. though. Yeah, to I, be fair. I'm, getting a boy, I'm getting a boyfriend if I'm served that, I'll tell you that. Chocolate cupcakes with pumpkin spice buttercream frosting. Okay, now you're on to I'm something. In. I'm in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinnamon roll oh, yes. cupcakes? Bring the cinnamon roll cupcakes. Oh, yes. Bring me them. Please. Uh, green apple hi-hat cupcakes. I don't know what that means, but... Uh, oh, yeah, okay. I can kind of get it from the picture. Um, I, I'm in. I'd, I'd give that a whirl. That looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really right now into, and I, I don't know why, salted caramel. I, uh, it's the new red velvet. I'm right totally into it. I don't care what salted caramel yeah. is in or on. I must have it. It's well, the we, salt, too. That's the difference. Yeah. Caramel's been around for a yeah. long time. So uh, salted caramel do. apple cupcakes. We know some yes. people that run to the store to pick up things and can't mm. pass anything that has it on the shelf. Is that true? What? You went to the store just the other day, Pat, to pick yeah. up your little sodas, came right. back with your Oh, oh it was salted, a salted caramel. caramel. Yeah, Thank you. it was a salted caramel uh, lemon cake. What? Yeah, yeah salted Wait, caramel yeah. frosting Pat, with lemon. You told me that was breakfast broccoli. <laughs> you told me that was broccoli. That's what I thought it was. It said that on the label. Uh, it was mislabeled. And apparently it was mislabeled. This <laughs> is actually a conversation. Yeah. About a 20-minute off-air conversation about Pat eating cake. I'm like, are you eating cake for breakfast? He's like, uh, no, this is breakfast broccoli. And then for 20 minutes, 
<laughs> He's talking about breakfast broccoli. Uh, how about uh, apple pu- apple butter pecan cupcakes with apple pie spiced whipped frosting? I'm out. Ooh. I'm out on oh, that. Oh, I'm in on that. Anything with nuts, I'm laugh. No, thank you. Apple cider maple spice cupcakes? Yes. Mm. I have to say yes to that. Apple bacon cheddar cupcakes with mesquite buttercream frosting. Are you into the savory Not side really. of these things? No. There's a cheesecake place around here that makes savory cheesecakes, and they have like really like it's like pork. like meat. Yeah, cheesecake? like there's like yeah, cheesecake? yeah. So I don't know with cream cheese though. I mean, it's essentially what it is. I mean, it could work. Boy, we didn't even get through this whole list. Maybe I want the mandy corn cupcakes. Mm. Oh.